I don't really know how to start shows. Come on now, don't start, don't start liking me now. So yeah, I'm funny compared to you. Know, well, you'll see later. I stand for mayhem. I know a lot of fucking idiots who think a lot of shit is mean spirited just because it goes against what they believe. But the relief of comedy is to take things that aren't funny and it allows us to laugh about them for an hour. We got a purple suit to buy and a gigantic coffin. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Why You Laughing, a history of comedy podcast. And today, I am pleased to introduce to you Dave Chappelle's Killing Them Softly. (laughs) Killing Them Softly is what I meant to say. Uh, Recorded in D.C. in 2000. So there are literally, you can go into a bar and talk to an adult that this would be the equivalent of me referencing... I don't know, Henny Youngman. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think who would have been around in, you know, uh, the late 60s. I got Mort Saul. (laughs) Right. Like that, which is, I mean, that's just how time works, I guess. But it is insane to me that, like, uh, there's a generation that would consider this very old, but probably my favorite special of all time. Um, If you're new here to Why Are You Laughing? And I mean, literally uh, a few weeks then uh, maybe you haven't noticed, but every once in a while, we take a break from the uh, history lessons and just uh, indulge ourselves in a a special that we liked pretty much. We did a few weeks ago with Brian Regan. I said that was the first special that I uh, fell in love with. And this would be, I would say, pretty easily my all-time favorite. There might be, you know, moods I get in where like if I've, uh, you know, watched this recently enough, something else will make me laugh harder. But consistently, if you ask me what's my favorite comedy special of all time, I would say Dave Chappelle's Killing Him Softly. I think it's the best version of Chappelle, um, and uh, we will get into it. But first, I want to remind everyone, uh, if you wish, if you said, Mike, I would have loved to watch this episode last Thursday instead of this Thursday, there's a way you can do that, and that's by subscribing to the Patreon. And what you get there is also bonus episodes. Um, I'm trying to think by the time this comes out, the Tucker Max episode will definitely be out. I think Carl is going to join us from that. He hosts, uh, who are these socials and some other podcast I've heard. Um, so make sure you check that out on the Patreon, Opie versus Jim, Norm on the view, Pablo Francisco, uh, the Pelican brief, all kinds of good stuff for, uh, bonus episodes. And I think we've got a few good ones cooking as well. So make sure you subscribe to the Patreon if that stuff interests you. Also, I should mention now, uh, it's been up for a couple weeks at this point by the time you're listening to this, but um, find Why You Laughing Clips on YouTube. Um, I've tweeted out the link and everything. Uh, You should just, I think it's at Why You Laughing Pod is the YouTube handle. And um, we have a guy that's been, I'm sure he's killed himself by the time this episode comes out, (laughs) but he seems to be consistent and uh, cutting clips for us and making um, shorter episodes. So if you have someone that you're like trying to get into the podcast, I think these short episodes, like 15, 20 minute episodes that we're putting up on the, why are you laughing clips page is a good way to uh, introduce people to the show. Cause it's the basic story with the uh, commentary cut out. We did get a funny comment on Patreon. It was from, I think it might have been the Charlie Sheen episode, which is even more bizarre because you're like, I'm telling a story there of what happened. Um, but someone commented on the Patreon and they said, hey, just play the clips. Enough with the commentary. I did see that. And I was like, oh, you know, this is all on YouTube, right? You could find, just go find it. Go listen to the clips yourself. You don't need us. That's a psychotic way to watch this show. (laughs) I hope they play a clip I like. Otherwise, these two assholes just keep rambling. I just want to hear Charlie Sheen go nuts some more. (laughs) Um, But yeah, the uh, hopefully the Why You Laughing Clips page maybe will uh, cure what ails that gentleman. Um, Oh, I didn't tell you where to do all that, by the way. Blindmike.net is the best place to go. What a promotion. It took 40 minutes and I didn't tell you what website to go to blindmike.net. You'll find the Patreon there as well as all the free links. So support the show. If you'd be so kind. Um, I think everyone is pretty uh, unanimous in saying that this is probably Dave Chappelle's best special. Not even close. I don't think you get a lot of pushback there. I think the one he recorded in San Francisco, not long after this one, 
um, is also very good. And I think two that he recorded right when he came back. Um, I forget the name because they were all so weird and they came out at the same time. But the one where he tells uh, the four times he met OJ Simpson. Yes, that's that's a great. I put that. That's that might be the closest, in my opinion, of Chappelle's specials to Killing Them Softly. Um, but I think Killing Them Softly is the special that makes everyone say that he's the best of all time. Like I genuinely think this is the, one of the best specials ever, and I think it's perfect Chappelle in the sense that it's commentary. It's a lot of social commentary and racial commentary. Um, but it doesn't feel like he's lecturing you, you know, it doesn't feel like you've entered a a speech where the professor is kind of humorous. It feels more like a genuine comedy show. Um, so like when I watch the closer, there's things that I enjoy, there's things that make me laugh. And even when Chappelle is being serious, like when he did uh, that thing at his old school, um, whether they post it on Netflix, mm-hmm. even when he's being serious, I enjoy listening to him. I can listen to him talk all day. I think he's a fascinating, uh, intelligent guy, but if I'm looking for funny, I would go to his, his older stuff. Like I'll watch the closer and enjoy it, but I'll laugh a hell of a lot harder at this stuff. Um, and I think for obvious reasons. So I say we, uh, dive into it. Yep. Uh, first clip is, uh, DC. Yeah, so he records it in uh, DC, which, you know, what's weird is um, the special opens with DMX. I <laughs> love that. my mind. Yeah. And then one of his Netflix specials opens with the song Killing Them Softly. So an odd choice not to have done that, but he was a younger man back then. DMX was huge then, too. <laughs> That's true, yeah. I know, man. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. DC is different. <laughs> Hold on, I, I oh should God. say right out of the gate. Other than maybe, the only one I can think that rivals it would be Al Pacino. And I would say that's probably more drastic. But other than Pacino, I can't think of anyone whose voice is more different. <laughs> yeah. From one, like if, it's, if you watch the, you know, The Godfather and Scent of a Woman, you're like, this is not the same guy. Yeah, I was I, I was gonna say, listen to like a Chappelle now and listen to this, you wouldn't know it's the same person. It's insane. I mean, showing this to a kid now, you'd be like, oh well, that's a different guy. It's his brother or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, man, it took me years to be able to do this show, boy. DC has changed. It's different now. It's- <laughs> There's a lot of white people walking around, isn't it? I mean, I left, I left D.C. in the 80s. It was, it was not like this in the 80s when crack was going on. Remember when crack was going on? Uh, white people be looking at D.C. from Virginia with binoculars and shit. <laughs> well, that looks dangerous. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. New white people. You can't scare these white people. I tried. <laughs> Roll up on them. Boo! the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> Those days are over. His white guy voice is so great. It's, I was just about to say that the, there's something interesting, and I think it's what separates guys like Louis and Chappelle from uh, most other comics, is that they can do something that you would take as stereotypically hack. Like, you know, for a white comedian, it would be talking about airplanes, which Louis has done. For a black comedian, it might be doing a white guy's voice. But they managed to do it in a way that's unique enough or just hits differently enough that you don't think of it in the same category as if, you know, some guy at an open mic was doing it, you know? Yeah, but now also when I hear him do that voice, I just picture the newscaster from Chappelle show. And it makes, <laughs> Reg Chapman, yeah, or the fuck his name yeah is. and it just makes it funnier. <laughs> yeah, but that, that's the thing is like you would say about like a black comedian doing a white guy voice would be considered hack, except I think Chappelle was just the best at it because mm-hmm. it didn't, it doesn't even seem like a caricature. It sounds like that could be, you know, some executive he had to deal with at some point right. or something. Right. <laughs> like he just absolutely nails it. And uh, yeah, this is, 
I think the reason Killing Him Softly stands out to everyone as Chappelle's best work is because um, he's so good at that sort of, you know, racially uh, divisive or whatever you want to call it, that racial humor. But he does it in a hilarious way that doesn't feel like he's preaching to you. Now, when he talks about a lot of the trans stuff, um, I like that he's, you know, pushing back on a topic that he's not supposed to be talking about. But sometimes it's not funny enough to want to defend. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. And you were talking about the uh, the preaching earlier. Yeah. I will say, like, he gets preachy, but what he does differently than other people who are preachy is he will weave in a joke or two. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and that's why, like, the, the car ride, the LGBT car ride, I think is a hilarious bit. Mm-hmm. But then when he's kind of just, you know, uh, ranting for 15 minutes, like, all right, Dave, we got it. <laughs> but this is straight, like, killing him softly is strictly jokes. There is no moment of, uh, my, you know, moment of let's get real for a second here. <laughs> we get it, Dave. They hurt you. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to hear a story about uh, Iceberg Slim in the middle of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is, all again, very interesting when he does that shit. Well, I did think, the, the, uh, like, the story about uh, his friend uh, Daphne. I thought that was interesting, yeah. but I very interesting. It was but weird. Not a comedy show, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. All right. What's next? Uh, police. Yeah, I mean, this is where <laughs> this is where it, this was hard for me to pick clips because a lot of these are like you know longer form jokes, and the entire thing makes me laugh. So I just kind of had to take an abridged version. But uh, him talking about it him and his buddy dealing with the cops is one of my favorite bits in comedy history. So black people are very afraid of the police. That is a big part of our culture. Don't matter how rich you are, how old you are. We're just afraid of them. We got, we got every reason to be afraid of them. You know what I mean? Like you're a white lady. You ever been pulled over before? You know, and what they say, let me see your driver's license and your registration, right? See, see, I'm just guessing. <laughs> That's not what they say to us. You wouldn't believe what they say to us. Spread your cheeks and lift your sack. Like what the fuck? Excuse me. You heard me? Spread open your cheeks and lift your sack. I got a driver's license too. The easier way is to prove who I am and shit. What does that prove? I can't go to the bank like that. Cash my check? What do you mean you don't have any ID? Wait a minute. <laughs> oh. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Chappelle. Right this way. <laughs> Why don't you spread your cheeks in the beginning? <laughs> you know, I think what makes uh, Patrice and Chappelle great at dealing with uh, racial humor is I think they've met enough like they've interacted they've clearly interacted with white people a lot of their lives like if you look at patrice's friend group it was all white guys and they were great at deciphering the the bullshit the weeding out the the horse shit like you can tell Chappelle's contempt for white people feels like it really just comes from essentially executives that he had to deal with in Hollywood. Yeah. Like it feels like who he's imitating with all of this the, stuff. The thing with those two, when they talk about it and the reason it doesn't get the reaction others do, you can tell they don't actually hate everybody. Right. Right. But they are. Here's the thing about like, you know, Chappelle talks about the police for a while and then the difference um, in dealing with the police. If you're white versus black, like that's a, that's a large chunk of this special. And then, you know, it became an issue 20 years after this special came out of police brutality was a big issue. But the reason it's different is because it's strictly jokes. It's saying like that black people have a, such a difficult time that to identify themselves, they'd have to spread their cheeks and lift their nutsack. <laughs> but even as you say it, it's absurd, obviously, you know what I mean? Like it's taking an absurdist angle. I don't know if this would qualify as absurdist, but you know what I mean? An angle on like an actual issue. Whereas now it's like, hey, let's. Not, and now I'm not talking about with Chappelle anymore. I'm just talking about social commentary in general and stand up. I was going to say like, he hey, did put out that uh, George Floyd special. Well, that that's not fair to Chappelle, I don't think, because people called it a special. But it's not even in a comedy club. He's literally making a speech outside at like one of these protests or something like that, wasn't it? 
I thought it was in his cornfield. Uh, it might have been. It might have been in his play. Yeah, you you might be right, actually. But point being is, I don't know that he said, hey, guys, I'm going to do stand-up for 20 minutes, and then did that. I would, you hope, know? I would hope I feel like not. that was unfair labeling to call that stand-up. Didn't he, or did he not? Maybe I'm wrong. You could I don't wrong. know. I don't, I don't remember how he, I, I just remember it was all conspiracy theory. Like uh, Kobe Bryant's jersey number was eight and 24. It was, That's my birthday. It was so strange coming from <laughs> What's him. What's happening? Right. Uh, all right. Sorry, Dave. Let's keep going. Uh, we got white friends. Um, yeah, this is more like his, <laughs> his white friends dealing with the police. Now, I was hanging out with a friend of mine. He's a white guy. You know, we were just hanging out. Yeah. And we were lost in the city, you know, we were smoking a joint. Now, I don't know if it's a coincidence that we were lost in the high shit, but. <laughs> my white buddy, he was smoking a joint. <sighs> Dave, Dave, it's the goddamn cops. I'm going to ask him for directions. <laughs> I said, Chip, no! Chip, don't do it! It was too late. He was walking over there. This man was high as shit. Excuse me. Excuse me, sir. Touching him and Chip. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> need some information. Uh, start confessing things he shouldn't confess. I'm a little high. <laughs> All I want to know, which way is 3rd Street? The cop was like, hey, take it easy. You're on 3rd Street. You better be careful. Go ahead, move it. Move it. Move. <laughs> That's all that happened uh, at the end of the story. <laughs> um... They're, they're like this is part of a longer bit that we'll hear more of, but like it's something I quoted. Me and my friends quoted this particular chunk all the time. They have th- things that have nothing to do with the police. Just saying, move it like that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's just infectious. Uh, next, we got uh, cops versus black people. Yeah, it's it's more in the same uh, more in the same genre here. That's the other thing with this special is it flows so beautifully. Oh, well, so, I mean, here's an interesting thing is that, like, first of all, I had to stop myself, as I usually do with these episodes. Um, and by, I should have said this at the beginning, but uh, these are episodes where we take about an hour and a half to break down a one-hour special. So, bail net, pull the ejector seat now, because we keep going. <laughs> but, um, what was I saying? How did that start? I said that this flowed beautifully. Oh, yeah, so... I noticed the first, everything like I kind of think is a classic bit is within the first half hour. Of it's this definitely, special. it's definitely the stronger half for sure. Um, not to say the second half is bad, but like the amount of jokes he packed into the first half hour that resonated with me as like classics. Um, if this was an hour, a half hour special, it would, it would be the, the tightest thing of all time. You couldn't believe how much he crammed into a half hour. Now, I know that's not amazing to some of you, but yeah, as one of these black fellas, that shit is fucking incredible, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry, a black man would never dream of talking to the police high. That's a waste of weed. <laughs> Serious. I mean, I'd be scared to talk to the police when I'm sleepy. They fuck around, get the wrong ideas. <gasps> oh my god! That nigga was on PCP, Johnson. I had to use necessary force. You saw him? No, no, no paperwork. Just, just sprinkle some crack on him. Let's get out of here. <laughs> It's, I think we're about to see an example of it in uh, one of the next couple of clips here. But like the fact that he was talking about this in 2000 and then when, you know, multiple different events, but like George Floyd or um, uh, who's the kid from uh, Ferguson, Michael. 
like Michael Brown or something like that. Yeah. Any, any of those examples, these are all 10, 15, 20 years after this special came out. Mm-hmm. And the news is like, guys, I think there might be an issue with police brutality. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's the same. We talked about it with a uh, Patrice's special where he talked about, you know, the media covering uh, missing white girls or missing attractive white girls versus any other girl. Still one of the best things in the world. Just knowing that the crowd was going to eat that one when he was like, what's that girl's name? Yeah. <laughs> Nellie Holloway. And he had that 10 years before the media decided to be like, you know, I think there might be an issue here. <laughs> <laughs> Chappelle, you know, 15 years, but granted it was after like Rodney King and all of that, but still it's like, Years later, it, the, people are just quoting a, a Chappelle bit, essentially, when they're like, guys, I think, I think there might be a problem we should take a look at here. <laughs> uh, next week, got uh, pulled over. Um, yeah, so this is uh, back with uh, his buddy Chip, who was <laughs> in a drunk driving situation. Terrific white guy name, too. Yes. <laughs> What are the reasons, Dave? Just relax. <gasps> Close your butt cheeks. Just relax. <laughs> Let me do the talking. You want to know what he said? This is almost exactly what he said. I, I couldn't believe it. He says, oh, oh. Sorry, officer. I, I didn't know I couldn't do that. <laughs> I was fucking shocked. <laughs> the cop said, well, now you know. Just get out of here. Just get the fuck out of here. She said, okay, I'll, I will, sir. Thank you. What? What's wrong with you, Dave? <laughs> I didn't know I couldn't do that. She said, that was good, wasn't it? Because I did know I couldn't do that. <laughs> it's such it's such funny analysis too, because it's done in a way where like it makes me really like I uh, grew up in a suburban white town. And not obviously not that I would handle it that relaxed, but there would be a part of me that would be like, well, this will be fine. Like I'll get out of this, you know? I always think I get out of it. And then when you actually get a ticket, you're like, well, fuck this guy. That's what, like, people misuse white privilege plenty. That's what white privilege is, where you're like, I'll get out of this. Whereas, like, I think if you grew up black, you'd be like, ah, oh, we're fucked. What are we going to do? <laughs> well, uh, everyone gets tickets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just cops that are assholes. That'll be, that, be the name of my comedy special. Everybody gets tickets. Well, uh, we'll be reviewing that one day. <laughs> Something. Uh, this is the break in. Uh, this is um, <laughs> this is <laughs> this is what I was talking about. Where it's such a brilliant analysis of how like people would think. I'm not saying I don't like police. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I'm just scared of them. Nothing wrong with that. Sometimes we want to call them too. <laughs> Somebody broke into my house once. It's a good time to call them, but I, I don't know. House is too nice. It ain't a real nice house, but they never believe I lived there. Oh, he's still here. <laughs> he keeps getting the mic stand. Oh my god. <laughs> Open and shut case, Johnson. I saw this once before when I was a rookie. Apparently, this nigger broke in and hung up pictures of his family everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's sprinkle some crack on him and get out of here. <laughs> such a funny, uh, such a funny thing to add to that bit because, like, the joke is obviously that they the police come to his house and think he's the. But to add, he he hung up pictures of his family everywhere <laughs> as as the commentary is just so uh, brilliant. I want them to make a movie of the cop he's portraying. <laughs> It'd be the he, fun, um, funniest. He goes out like later in that same bit. I don't think I included the actual joke, but he's talking about like uh, people turning up with cracks sprinkled on them. He's like, you know, uh, 
black people, they, they, for whatever reason, like they'll find dead black people with cracks sprinkled on them as if they want us to know exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got police brutality. Uh, yeah, so this is kind of in the same vein. Oh, you know, that's a, that's a whole brutality thing. It's, see, that's common knowledge, man. There was a time when only minorities really knew about that. I'm not going to say white people didn't believe us, but you were a little skeptical. You were a little skeptical. I mean, I don't blame you. And then Newsweek printed it, he knew it was true. And then the Newsweek white people were like, oh, my God. <laughs> Honey, did you see this? Apparently, the police have been beating up Negroes like hotcakes. <laughs> it's in the main issue. <laughs> I don't know why, but my favorite part of that was always it's in the May issue, as if that gives it more weight. Well, the the white people have so many; they all have subscriptions to, to news. It's in the May issue. <laughs> but yeah, that that goes back to what I was talking about before, where it, there there is an element of that where it's like, like that's what white privilege is that people misuse all the time. It's. It, it's like that sort of thinking where you're like something we never would have thought of where it's all like black people or really, I would say more, you know, people in more uh, poverty stricken areas think when they deal with the cops, like people in wealthier areas, it doesn't even cross their mind. And then when they see an article about it, it's their, their main cause all of a sudden. <laughs> Um, next we got, uh, the nine one, this is all, like I said, intertwined. Yeah, this um, is, this is, this is terrific. Cause it's like, I think it weaves in that, uh, you know, the racial angle and the police angle, but with more observational stuff. Like there's an element of this that Seinfeld could do this joke, you know, or someone like that. Like, um, and I, that, that's the thing with guys as good as Chappelle, Richard Pryor, um, Carlin, Louie, like I think while they all have their own styles, there's elements from every different type of act. And I think that's what makes them, it's what gives a mass appeal. Honestly, it's what has such a, um, allows them to have such a broad fan base. But anyways, this is the uh, joke before I delay it any longer. Call 911 for anything, even if it's like a fire or anything. Because they take those phone calls. <laughs> I see the shows, they tape them. And then they play them on television. That's fucked up. <laughs> now, I'll say anything if I'm scared. That shit is private, you know what I mean? <laughs> what if I get killed? And start playing that 911 tape on the news, I'm dead. I can't explain myself to my buddies and shit. <laughs> we watching the news. We have Reg Chapman on the scene. Reg, what's going on out there? I always say it's a guy on the scene a minute. Hi, Bob. <laughs> Hi. Yes, we just got hold of a copy of Dave Chappelle's Frantic. 911 emergency call. Remember, viewers, some of this language is disturbing. <laughs> Hello, emergency. Help! Help, motherfucker, they're coming to get me! Just calm down, sir. Where are you? Oh, oh I shit on myself. <laughs> I can't stop crying. <laughs> they play that shit 30, 40 times a day. All my buddies will be at my funeral looking at me. <laughs> you know, they shit on themselves right now. <laughs> I saw it on the news. Died crying like a bitch. <laughs> and you know what? I think that's the type of shit that Chappelle has lost a little bit because that's legitimately a joke. Like, I think he kind of, he likes that he's a respected philosophical, well-spoken guy now. And I think that's caused him to kind of bail on some of this stuff, the more just purely comedic stuff. Cause like, that's a joke in a different form that you could hear Brian Regan telling just as easily. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that's what great comics are able to do is like when you write a great joke like that, anyone could tell it. And so there's a, there's a version of that that like a clean comic could do or a guy with lower energy could do or whatever. Um, it's just a, a smartly written joke. And I feel like Chappelle is kind of 
um, abandoned that now. Like that jokes like that are what his new stuff is missing in my opinion. Uh, for sure. Like he, he's got to do like the I'm smart stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's a little too much of that where that joke is literally making him look like an asshole. You right. Know? right. <laughs> um, and even just down to the, uh, like what made me think of Regan was him saying, uh, it always takes the guy in the scene a second. Hi, Bob. That <laughs> <laughs> felt very Regan-y, Seinfeld-y. <laughs> uh, this is actually that bit continued to compose 911 call. Oh, yeah. This is um, an example of ideally how you uh, would handle a situation like that. Of course you're going to be scared. It's an emergency. There's nobody calls 911 cool and relaxed. That, and that shit would sound ridiculous. Hello, emergency. Hi. <laughs> Hey, 911, how are you? Yeah. Uh, look, there's a group of hooded white men gathering outside of my house. And it looks like they mean business. Get out here, nigger! I gotta go. <laughs> See, like, so far, pretty much all we've played is like, it, it is social commentary. Um, but there's not this neat, like he ends up talking about uh, Clinton, I would say is the most like topical. He talks about Clinton and Lewinsky mm-hmm. later in the special. But other than that, it's not like littered with topical shit. Um, the election also, I think Bush Gore, talks about a little bit, but now it's like, oh, what's in the news? Okay. Caitlyn Jenner. All right. Elon Musk are uh, uh, transgender issues. Uh, George Floyd. You know what I mean? Like, it's more about what's in the new. Like when he goes on SNL, he has to talk about Kanye West. Now, granted, SNL is a more topical setting, so I understand that. But I'm just saying, like, now he weighs in on every single topical issue in his stand-up, whereas then he was weighing in on issues that were in society without talking about something that everyone has talked to death already, you know? Correct. Exactly. And that's... Like you said, that is the one thing, the, the the supreme levity that has, it's just a joke. Nothing's ever really just a joke with them. There's always some twinge of, uh, you know. Except for the uh, kicker right in the pussy joke. <laughs> yes. That was kind of returned to old Chappelle, you know? Right. Um, he just didn't, I don't think he does that enough anymore. Um, this is the limo driver. <laughs> I mean, this is this is a classic story. And like absurdist in a way that is like almost you believe it, even though it's obviously an absurd story. Like he tells it in a way that you can picture it happening, which is what makes Chappelle such a great storyteller. I had a limousine driver. It was after a show. It was late at night. It was like three in the morning. I had a limousine driver. He's a nice guy talking to me and shit. Oh, hey, where you from, dog? DC? Where? That's a rough city, man. And his cell phone started ringing. Hold on one second. Hello? Oh, what's up, nigga? What? What the fuck? Stole that. What? What the fuck? No! 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 Fuck that, nigga. Fuck it. I'm on my way. in the morning. I didn't know he was taking me to the ghetto at first. I started looking out the window. I was like, what the fuck? Was gun store, gun store, liquor store, gun store. Where the fuck are you taking me? <laughs> yeah, and it's funny too because like um, uh, that's kind of a throwaway thing in this bigger story that we're about to play you. Like the limo driver immediately abandoning his professionalism. Um, but then like Segura has a bit probably influenced by that a little bit where he talks about, uh, he has a driver that he says, uh, Mr. Segura, is there anything I can do for you today? And he goes, uh, Oh, you can call me Tom. And he goes, when I told me you could t- call me Tom, all his professionalism went right out the window. <laughs> yeah. Cause the next question was, you like to get high Tom. <laughs> <laughs> but then that's, that's like th- that driver was the, you know, the subject of Segura's bit. Whereas like Chappelle is doing this so casually that he's 
kind of making fun of like limo drivers just as a quick aside into this more absurd thing. I don't know if what I'm saying is making any sense, but that's what I liked about it. Anyways, uh, this is baby. Yeah. So this is uh, just more, more uh, about what he was seeing while he was stuck in the ghetto in this limo. And I said, I'll be right back. And left me. Took the keys with me. Just let me. At three o'clock in the morning, in front of a project, in a fucking limousine. <laughs> this was not good. I was like, man, I gotta look around and see if I can see some landmarks and figure out where I'm at. Might have to escape on foot. Now, this is when I knew I was in a bad neighborhood. You only see this in the worst neighborhoods. Remember, it's three o'clock in the morning. It's three o'clock in the morning. I look out the window. It was a fucking baby standing on a corner. (laughs) And the baby, the baby didn't even look scared. He was just standing there. Obviously, uh, I mean, there has to be more to that. So keep explaining, Dave, please. Where's this limousine driver? You know, I stopped feeling bad. Time goes by, I start feeling worse. Like, man, what is wrong with me? What the hell is wrong? I'm scared of a baby. <laughs> and this baby could be in trouble. He might need my help. I gotta do something. But I wasn't gonna get out the car. I'm serious, man. I just cracked the window a little bit. There's an old limousine, I can roll it down. Hey, baby. <laughs> baby, go home, man. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. What the fuck are you doing up? The baby said, I'm selling weed. Nigga, I said, oh. <laughs> you know, here's another example of a new Chappelle versus old Chappelle. And, like, part of the new Chappelle where you, you do see a little of this old Chappelle. Like, in this bit, He's the he's the coward. Like he's being self-deprecating. He's making fun of himself for being scared in this situation. And it, it's not dissimilar from a bit he had in a later special about uh going to see Kevin Hart with his son. Like his kid wanted to go see Kevin Hart and um they he was playing some arena nearby. So Dave uh, brought him to uh brought him to see him and the whole bit is about how Kevin Hart is more successful than Dave Chappelle. And uh, it was just one of the lines I loved in there was uh, when one of Kevin's guys walked up to Chappelle. He goes, hey, Dave Chappelle, what are you doing around here? This is a terrible neighborhood. And Chappelle goes, yeah, I live right by here. Uh, is Kevin around? <laughs> 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 but like in, the, in these stories, he's, he's the idiot. He's being self-deprecating. Whereas now it feels like literally he'll call himself the goat in specials. I hated he's, that. He's wearing his name on his fucking chest, you know, or his initials, whatever. Like, that's the stuff where it's like, ah, you're you're smelling your own shit a little bit, you know. I keep being self-deprecating. Never, never lose that. All right, uh, this is baby part three. All right, we gotta we gotta have to wrap this thing up. How, what happens with this kid? <laughs> that baby was still standing there, man. That's what then I start feeling bad again. Yeah, we make you feel guilty sometimes. Yeah. Man, what is wrong with me, man? I have just bought weed from a from an infant. I can't condone this kind of behavior. What am I thinking? I can't let the fear ruin my morals. <laughs> Gotta do something. <laughs> hey, baby. Stop selling weed, all right? You got your whole life ahead of you. He said, fuck you, nigga. I got kids to feed. I said, God. I think I think it's the commitment to that bit that makes it like one of the best is that like, you just hear him talking at the beginning of that clip where he's like, I mean, I just bought drugs from a, a baby. Like he's talking about it as if it really happened yeah. and like really selling it. And I think that's what uh, one of the things he does great in those like absurd stories. If this special came out now, there'd be a headline and be like, uh, comedian Dave Chappelle allegedly buys drugs off infant. <laughs> well, they they probably go a lot easier on that than they do for the current stuff. But 
this is a uh, Pepe. Uh, well, this is actually this is another bit you want to talk about people copying Chappelle or, or society copying Chappelle. Uh, Dave had this bit in the year two thousand, and like twenty years later, it came to fruition. <laughs> It's what it is. They, they use the TV to program us from a young age. You ever watch like a cartoon as you used to watch me a little as an adult? That shit is, is wild shit. Some wild shit. I mean, like I was with my nephew. We sitting there, we watching Peppy the Pew. And I say to my nephew, I say, now pay attention to this guy because he's funny. I used to watch him when I was little. And we watched Peppy the Pew and I'm old now. I'm looking like, good God, kind of fucking rapist is this guy? Like, take it easy. <laughs> My nephew was sitting there cracking up. <laughs> See, sometimes you gotta take the pussy like Pepe. Like, oh, no. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny how that shit just it like sticks in people's heads, and then twenty years later, we're like, you know what? Right. We should eliminate Pepe Le Pew from all cartoons that have ever been made because he promotes rape culture. It's like, no, Chappelle said that. You're stealing his his joke. <laughs> But yeah, like the amount of people that I've heard may make that point after Chappelle did that bit is, is astronomical. Um, and then he makes an even better point about another beloved um, child character, I guess. Um, and also, again, like a good societal point is taking something um, silly, but actually making a kind of an interesting point out of it. But now I'm watching it as an adult, and I realize Sesame Street teaches kids other things. It teaches kids how to judge people and label people. That's right. <laughs> they got a character on there named Oscar. They treat this guy like shit the entire show. <laughs> they judge him right in his face. Oscar, you are so mean. Isn't it, kids? Yeah, Oscar. You're a grouch. It's like, bitch, I live in a fucking trash can. <laughs> I'm the poorest motherfucker on Sesame Street. Nobody's helping me. Then you wonder why your kids grow up and step over homeless people. Get it together, Grouch. <laughs> Get a job, Grouch. <laughs> Get a job, Grouch. <laughs> It's such it's such a brilliant thing because it's taking like such nonsense of making fun of Sesame Street, but then there also is an element of like oh we are kind of programmed to think like ah fuck this person they must be a a lazy bum <laughs> you know get it together Grouch get it together Grouch <laughs> as he pantomime stepping over that was just fucking hilarious. <laughs> And that also became, um, for you Chappelle Show fans, became, essentially, that's what um, that sketch was playing off of, uh, God damn it, I'm forgetting what they call it. They don't call it Sesame Street. Uh, what was it? Was it the, the STD one? Yeah, 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 yeah. I just remember it's the bit that Bob Levy claims Chappelle stole from him. <laughs> right. Right. I can't remember the name of the uh, the street they pretend to be on, though. But hey, it is gang, a Chappelle show sketch. Hey, gang, don't hurt me. It's little old me herpes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll find out the street. Um, uh, but next we have Chicken. Yeah, this is... Uh, <laughs> again, a point... I should, there's no way Chappelle was the first person to make it. But I have heard people like essentially quote this bit when they think they're making actual racial points. That happened to me. I, I was in Mississippi. I was in Mississippi doing a show, and I go to the restaurant to order some food, and uh, I say to the guy, I say, I would like to have, and before I even finish my sentence, he says, the chicken! Said, what the fuck? I could not believe it. I could not believe that shit. This man was absolutely right. I said, how did he know <laughs> that I was going to get some chicken? <laughs> I asked him, I said, how do you know that? How did you know I was going to get some chicken? He looked at me like I was crazy. Come on, buddy. Come on, buddy. <laughs> now, everybody knew as soon as you walked through the goddamn door, you're going to get some chicken. There's no secret down here that blacks 
and chickens are quite fond of one another. (laughs) (laughs) Then I finally understood what he was saying and I got upset. I wasn't even mad, I was just upset. I wasn't ready to hear that shit. All these years, I thought I liked chicken because it was delicious. (laughs) Turns out I'm genetically predisposed to liking chicken. It's funny too because I've heard people since then be like, "Why would that be a stereotype? Chicken is just good." It's like, yeah, no, we heard we heard Dave do it forever ago. (laughs) Shit, Uh, Nehigh Park was the the sketch name. Yeah, all right. I think you are right, but it rings wrong to me for some reason. It does ring wrong to me as well. Yeah. Anyways. Next, we got uh, Hanging Up. I don't remember what this is, so I can't set it up. <laughs> Let's just enjoy the show. <laughs> this is one thing that happens that's funny. You know, sometimes I'll be on a business call, right? You know, like with a, with oh, a lawyer yeah. or something. You know, my lawyer. Oh, pa, sorry. I'll say, I think um, after we play this clip, we're going to have a new outro for this program. Okay. I, I think I'd like to make it this because. Uh, uh, this has always made me laugh. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> like we'll be on a call, right? And they'll be like, "Oh, okay, Dave, we're gonna we're gonna close the deal. Is that fine with you?" I'll be like, "Yeah, that's good for me. Great, great. You have a good weekend, Dave." I'll be like, "All right, you too, man. Peace." Oh, all right, bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> So sometimes, like, sometimes I'll make up shit that's not even slang, just to see how they handle it and shit. It'd be the same business go, all right, we're going to close the deal. Is that fine with you, Dave? Yeah, sounds good to me. Great. You have a good weekend, Dave. All right, buddy. Zip it up and zip it out. <laughs> oh. All right. Zip-a-doo-doo-dah. Bye-bye. <laughs> That is how I used to end some podcast that I did. I can't remember, but I would say zip it up and zip it out and end the episode. So I think we might have to bring that back for uh, this program. But um, the reason I relate to that so much is because I, you can probably imagine just by the way that I talk, that that is me in most conversations. Like if anyone tries to throw anything like that at me that I'm, that I usually wouldn't say, but you kind of have to reciprocate. I'm like, oh, all righty then. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> he, na- he nails us. <laughs> he sure does. Um, next, we got uh, Terrorist. Uh, this, is, this is an interesting thing that I never thought of, and it's, again, where Chappelle has the ability, and Patrice was very good like this as well. I think Chris Rock also. Uh, they have an ability to bring things to light. I, you know what? I should I shouldn't even say them. I should say any kind of um, any comedian that's great at sort of observational type of humor, um, bringing something to light that is very true, but you never would have thought of in that way. Like it wasn't directly on the surface. I'm serious. This one time racism saved my life, man. I was I was on a plane. <laughs> I, I was coming. I was coming from overseas. And uh, I don't know how this guy got a machine gun on the plane, but he stood up, man. He said, everybody, get on the fucking ground. Nobody look at my face. I started freaking out because he was Chinese. I was like, why is he talking like that? (laughs) (laughs) He was screaming and crying. I was the only brother on the plane. I I thought I was the only brother. I looked over. There was one other black dude. He's from Nigeria. I looked over at him. He was looking right in my face, man. He didn't say two words to me. He just looked at me. He was like, (laughs) 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 he didn't need to talk. I know just what he's talking about. I looked right back at him. I was like, (laughs) some white dudes on the front of the plane seen us. They were like, oh my God. I think those black guys are going to try to save us. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I think that that is an element of like racism that you don't really think about is the like, oh, well, these guys are probably much stronger than me. They'll they'll beat this guy's ass. Well, I think it's because they, they, they thumbs up to each other. <laughs> you no, know, I understand. <laughs> and they're like, oh, good. They're going to save us. <laughs> um, but something in there, too, that I noticed, and it's. I, I don't know. It's hard to describe, and maybe maybe it's our fault for being this way. But there's something about Chappelle and Louis. I think are, I, I keep bringing up Louis because I think they're the two guys. Um, they're each each race's captain, essentially. But I, I don't know. This isn't even a racial thing. This is more how great they are at comedy. <clears throat> where if Brendan Shaw started a bit. By saying like, ah, this terrorist had a machine gun. I don't know how he got it on the plane, but anyways, we would that blind Mike project wouldn't need content for another month. We'd be breaking that down every day. You believe this fucking idiot is <laughs> trying to pass off that there was a machine gun on the plane? There would be five shows that week. <laughs> yeah, but Chappelle just does it. Like, I think it's simply a matter of if the joke is good enough, you're not paying attention to that. You know, right. I think that's what, and that's why I use Louis and Chappelle because there are times, and Louis does this a lot where he's like, you know, ah, I swear this is a true story or something like that, where it's like, this is clearly not a true story. Why are you passing it off that way? It's a true story. I was painting while skydiving and <laughs> like, okay, dude. Uh, we got uh, voting. Let's hear it. White people do not like to talk about their political affiliations. It's a secret. You ever ask a white guy who's voting for you? Hey, Bob, uh, Bob, who are you going to vote for? Dave, Dave, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, take it easy now. Take it easy. So anyway, um, I was fucking my wife in her ass, right? And, and I mean, it was something else. Yeah, 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 but, but, but who are you voting for? Dave! Dave, come on with the voting. Trying to tell you about fucking my wife here. Ask me all these personal questions. <laughs> there, uh, I found that so interesting because that is true. I remember that, like when I was a kid, you know, my grandfather talking about like, I ah, he doesn't tell anyone who he voted for, shit like that. Did it used to be like uh, on the level of how much do you make? It used to be incredibly rude to ask right. someone. That, yeah, and so that just stood out to me. Where I was like, holy shit, I forgot about that. That doesn't hold, like, the joke holds up, but, like, the t- no one would think like that now. No, you, you're like, a rude ask who you voted for. You're an asshole. It's what if you, defines a lot of people. Right. You know? You're an asshole if you don't share. Right, yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, Chappelle gets into, like I said, like the election and Clinton and Lewinsky and all that. And uh, I didn't include that just because I had so many clips already um, that I figured that would be the best stuff to trim out. But there is something great about. Like when Chappelle does topical stuff and I know I've like, uh, you know, shit on a lot of the stuff that he's done recently. Like I said, I'm a big fan of it and I can go back and listen to it. Cause I think him talking about those topics is very interesting. And it reminded me a lot of the way, um, well, I mean, Carlin and prior obviously, but even like to a much lesser extent, like Jim Norton, if you watch a lot of his specials, they're very topic driven. Like in Monster Rain, he talks about, you know, Paris Hilton's sex tape and um, uh, what's her name? Anna Nicole dying, shit like that. Right. But it's done in a way where, you know, 15 years later, you can still watch it and laugh. And that's how I felt about Chappelle's um, like Clinton and Lewinsky stuff. You know what I mean? Like that's a topic that had so many jokes made about it 25 years ago that it would still be hacked to bring it up today. And yet you can watch what Chappelle did on it and laugh, you know. Right, exactly. Um, we got outfits. Yeah, we're down to the uh, we're down to the nitty gritty here, huh? We got two left. We flew through this. I mean, I mean, we, there's there's no way to critique one of the best specials ever. So we're just like, yeah, that was great. Anyway, next this is one. Good stuff, <laughs> right, gang? <laughs> it's pieced together perfectly. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but this is um, uh, this is a topic in it. In a, in a weird way, I think it is related to his um, point about like transgender issues and things like that. It's what he, I think he gets very hung up on um, uh, societal commentary that it d- doesn't necessarily hold up. And I think you hear that in this bit. 
Like a guy be out, this happened looking like guys. You be out of club, bar, right? You just kicking with your boys, and and a girl walks by, and, and man, she looks good. She looks good, not good in that classical way. I mean, you know, I'm talking good. Like she got half her ass hanging out her skirt. Mm. Her titties are all mashed together, popping out the top of her turtleneck and shit. <laughs> You with your buddies, right? You with your buddies, you got a couple drinks in you, and you see girl, you might try to talk to her, this might not come out right. I don't know what you say, but Damn, look at them titties! <laughs> the girl gets mad and she oh, uh-uh, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Just because I'm dressed this way does not make me a whore. Which is true. Gentlemen, that is true. Just because they dress a certain way doesn't mean they are a certain way. Don't ever forget it. But ladies, you must understand that that is fucking confusing. <laughs> just is. Now that would be like me, Dave Chappelle the comedian, walking around the streets in a cop uniform. Somebody might run up on me. Oh, thank God. Officer, help us. Come on, they're over here. Help us. Oh, just because I'm dressed this way <laughs> does not make me a police officer. <laughs> you know another thing I I'll get back to that clip in a second, but you know another thing I took out from this is uh his bit about uh that old timey voice. Meh, see? Mm-hmm. And uh he does a couple things on that and he does a great callback to it later. But what's weird is I've heard multiple comedians in the last, I'll say five or 10 years have bits about using that voice. And this is like when I talk about like joke stealing or parallel thinking or something, I don't think they consciously watched killing him softly and said, Oh, you know what? I'm going to do that same bit uh, 20 years later. What I think is that they, you know, kind of, ingested it and then puked it back out, not realizing where it came from. But what's always amazing to me about stuff like from Chappelle's special, um, you know, if you steal from a guy who's massively famous like that, and again, one of the most acclaimed specials ever, it's weird to then do a bit and not have anyone say to you, hey, you know, Chappelle did a bit like that like 15 years ago. Well, you know what, you know what it is? I've, I've uh, told people like I've heard some of the stuff they've done on different specials, but it's killing. So they don't get rid of it. That, yeah. That's gotta be what it is a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, and Oh, I like this. Feels good. Oh, it's different enough, but it's like, you really think, I, I, I guess this is what you should have any young comics out there. If you're writing material, ask yourself is, is my bit about nah, See, is my bit about that voice better than Chappelle's? Have I bettered what he did? Because <laughs> if not, you should probably get rid of it. Right, you know? Throw it right in the trash. Yeah. But anyways, so I think that's why like you hear in that bit, and again, he made it very funny, but I think what Chappelle gets hung up on is like hypocrisy. And the way things are covered in, in from one angle but not the other. I think that's something he hates. And I think the transgender thing hit such a a, a nerve with people that when they started getting mad about it, he got really hung up on it and was like, well, then I'll keep doing it. Um, so I do, we're on our, uh, I know we're on the, the closer here. So I guess like, just so there's no confusion walking away from this episode, I like a lot of what Chappelle does now. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I really like it is because he's continuing to talk about something that they have told him time and time again, stop talking about and he won't do it, which I think he'll, you know, if he does another special and talks about the trans issue, um, I think a lot of the audience might boycott because they're like, all right, Dave, we've heard it, but there'll be blowback. People will be angry about it, whatever. But the reason I like it is because the next guy talking about those issues doesn't have to be quite as scared. Um, like I saw Jim Jeffries, um, I ju- just found that I wrote a, uh, a blog about it on Patreon. If you want to go check it out, um, 
but I uh, just saw his Netflix special somewhat recently. And um, he has a bit about uh, the LGBT community and all that. And it kind of dawned on me watching that. They're like, oh, because Chappelle took all this shit, you can kind of put those bits into specials now without being terrified. Yeah, Chris Rock. You know what I mean? Not, not that Jim Jeffries had some crazy angle on it that would get him in trouble, but I'm just saying now people are like, oh, should I not even joke about this? Like Chappelle has allowed you to joke about that. And that's what I like about what he's done in the last few years. I was just going to say, uh, Chris Rock just did. Same thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. And so now people aren't petrified to have their, that topic in an hour of standup, uh, because of Chappelle. So that's like when you hear pioneer, like that's the kind of shit a pioneer does. And I think Chappelle is very calculated and like, I think he's very aware of, of how he's coming off, you know? Right. Exactly. All right. Now that all that has been said, uh, let's hear the closer. I complain, but I'm happy I'm with somebody. I don't want to be. I don't want to be single. I don't like that. Sometimes you go to them single clubs, you see too much. I was on the road one club, and I seen a, uh, I seen a thing they call a thong contest. Yes! <laughs> yeah, I seen a thong contest. Did you hear that? By the way, some guy just yelled. Yeah, he's yes! he's, he's shit all the right. horniest guy ever. <laughs> Let's listen to him again. I complain, but I'm happy I'm with somebody. I don't want to be. I want to be single. I don't like that. Sometimes you go to them single clubs, you see too much. I was on the road one club, and I seen a, uh, I seen a thing they call a thong contest. Yes. <laughs> That's a white guy. Yeah, I seen a thong contest. Scandalous. Yeah, it's some scandalous shit, all right. <laughs> I couldn't get over that, man. Because a DJ, you know, I was dancing with a girl, and the DJ said, everybody that wants to be in the thong contest, please report to the DJ booth. The girl's like, excuse me. <laughs> they put on that song, so, let me see some thong, 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 thong. Them girls was going off. Some of them pulled their pants down, some pulled their skirts up, all of them just shaking their butt. Some of them didn't even have underwear on, they was just fucking shaking their butt. I mean, really, I was fucking disgusted. But I couldn't turn away. But no, please, for the squeamish, just plug your ears. All right. One of the girls, you get so into it. There's no cops around, right? But she actually, I'm sorry to tell you all this, she spreads her butt cheeks open. She spreads her butt cheeks open in the middle of a crowded disco, right? I was disgusted because I was like 10 yards away from her. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Is that her, is that her birth canal? <laughs> oh, it gets worse. Oh, good God almighty, is that a, is that a baby? <laughs> I know that's gross, it's gross. Cause it was a baby. <laughs> it was the same baby from the project. She's like, I snuck in the club, nigga. to end on a callback, but I feel like he did. I think it was the right move there because the baby thing was such a classic bit in that special. Yeah. I mean, but I've heard guys like end on a callback and it's like, ah, that wasn't worth it. it you know, I, I want to know who did it first. Cause I guarantee you it was the hardest it's ever crushed. And then everyone's like, Ooh, that's a great idea. I've heard a lot of comics talk about callbacks as like essentially a magic trick where it's not even that the audience is laughing. They're like, how did you do, how did you know to bring that back up? How did you do that? What Chris Rock did uh, recently on his special was he did like, uh, uh, alluding to what's coming through his special. And that's rare because you have to be part of one of the biggest stories ever. (laughs) Yeah. So it's rare to be able to do that, but, but yeah, that, that was interesting that he was able to pull that off. But um, the main thing I noticed rewatching um, the last chunk of this special, not, not that it's like filthy, but it was interesting that Chappelle closed on that bit, you know, talking about uh, thongs and a woman's birth canal and all that. Cause Chappelle is like, it, it, I think it, the reason I found it interesting is it made me realize like Chappelle is not for all that he curses a lot and shit like that. He's not particularly dirty or sexual. Yeah, he's not graphic. 
Yeah, there's not a lot of like, uh, uh, you know, he would be considered an R-rated comedian, I'm sure. But there's not a lot of real graphic stuff, like sex stuff or anything in there. Um, which is why I found it interesting they closed with that. But I also like how uh, we were talking about how like I can't believe this is 20 years old and it's not dated at all. And he just called the club a disco, and I went, oh, there it is. <laughs> in reference to the thong song, yeah. Right. <laughs> But, but hey, listen, it's also dated in the sense that Chappelle sounds like a young boy there, and now he's been uh, grizzled by the world of cigarettes yeah. <laughs> and nine hour shows that he does. But uh, he, he's he's one of the greatest ever, one of my favorites. And I don't think I don't expect a lot of pushback when I say uh, killing them softly is one of the, if not the greatest special of all time. Um, but let me know your favorite, you know, on Twitter or on Patreon, whatever message me, um, let me know what you consider the greatest of all time. And maybe at some point we will, uh, check those out on Patreon when we're looking for a, um, uh, an album or a special to look back at and break down. Mm. Um, and then, you know, in the meantime, we'll get back to our, uh, sort of more biography style that we do. Uh, but I think people seem to enjoy these once in a while. So. Uh, hope you guys did. Hope we did Killing Them Softly justice. And remember to go to uh, blindmike.net. That's where you can find the Patreon, um, link to our merch, as well as the links to Apple, Spotify, Google, YouTube, wherever you get podcasts. Um, like I said, search out Why You Laughing Clips on YouTube. Um, hopefully we'll be posting a lot more stuff there. Shortened versions, versions of this show. Um, and uh, plenty more to come. So look look out for that. Uh, if you want to support Craig, go to verygoodshow.org. That's where his program, Very Good Show, is, as well as uh, his Patreon and everything. So if you want to um, support Craig, throw him a few bucks, go to verygoodshow.org. And we will be back with you guys next time. Anything I'm missing, Craig? That'll do. All right. We will uh, talk to you next time on the next episode of Why Are You Laughing? Until then, zip it up. And zip it out.